0: Hello, and welcome to the eleventh episode of Strange Fairy Tales. Unfortunately, the narrator is sick today. Laryngitis the poor thing. So anyway, today I am here to narrate a fairy tale for you. So I present to you... Dracula. Once upon a time, in a distant, faraway place, in the country of Transylvania to be exact, there lived a woman named Shirley. Shirley was a wonderful woman, kind to everyone she met, maker of marvellous pies, etc., etc., etc. The only problem was, she was very poor. It wasn't that she didn't want to work, in fact, she had been to 917 job interviews and rejected on every single one. She despaired for a very long time, but she was able to sell her pies and earn enough money for food... But then came the day when she was down to her last pie. For a while, she'd been getting less and less profit from her pies, and didn't have enough money to buy more ingredients. So she looked mournfully at her last pie, so lonely on the window sill of a run-down office building in downtown, wherever she was. Her sadness overcame her, and she began to cry. A moment later, the alleyway was filled with thousands of sparkling bubbles. The biggest one popped, causing a chain reaction. Suddenly, there was a small pop, a titter, (laughs) hee 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 hee, and before Shirley stood, well, me. Who else would it be? Anyway, I said, why are you crying, my dear? Well, it's just so depressing. I'm broke, and the way I make money is from selling pies. But I don't have enough money left to buy any more ingredients, and this is my last pie here. Oh dear, that sounds like a problem. But I can give you money beyond your dreams with just a wave of my magic wand. Oh, really? you do that? Of course, dear. I'm your fairy godmother. Really? Oh, I'd like the money, please. Oh, no, no, dear, that's not how it works. Let's play a little game. Okay. It's called Guess My Name. And then you'll give me the money? Of course, if you win. No one has ever been able to guess my name. Well, I intend to be the first. Sure you do, dear. Is it Tina... Oh, no, not at all. Try again. Misty? Nope. Next one? Ah, uh, Glinda? Heavens no. She guessed names for several hours. Well, is it Babette, then? Nope. All right, this has gone on long enough. Goodbye. I'll be seeing you around. Now, wait! To tell the truth, I was ready to leave. And get on to more urgent matters, like my grocery shopping, for example. But as I turned to leave, the smell from her last pie wafted into my nostrils. It smelt wonderful, like it could melt on the sidewalk. I believe the saying is melt in your mouth. Oh, yes. Well, anyway... You mix the sayings melt in your mouth and so hot you could fry an egg on the sidewalk. Yes, of course. I know what I'm saying. Sometimes I doubt that. I really do. Was this I hear about you melting, melting stuff on the sidewalk? I better I not, not catch you letting any of my homemade confection chocolates melting on the side. sidewalk. Yeah, that'd be a waste of good chocolate. I mean, really good chocolate. Anyway, Fred, the story. Right, what was I saying? What you were saying and what you should have been saying are two different things entirely. You see... Thanks, General. What? You are standing in the way of the recording of this podcast. Please step aside. Like this? Ah, uh, no, I meant figuratively. As in be quiet and let Fred speak. Fred, you were talking about the smell of the pie. Oh, yes, thank you, dear. I tend to forget things if I'm not paying attention to them. So anyway, what was I talking about again? The, the smell of the pie. pie. Oh, yes, the pie. Anyway, it smelled like it could melt on the sidewalk. Ahem. <clears throat> oh, like it could melt in your mouth. <laughs> I remember. So anyway, I turned back to Shirley and I said, Wow, that smells wonderful. I do love pies. What's your point? Well, I was thinking we could make a deal. If you gave me a pie to eat, I'd pretend that you guessed my name right. And give me the money? Yes. All right. Ah, uh, Here you go. I ate it then and there. It was delicious. Lemon meringue, my favourite. So, now about your money. How do you want me to get it for you? Well, you know, just conjure it out of mid-air or something. Actually, I can't do that, dear. I have to get it some way, preferably legal. Oh, I know. I can get a really rich guy to marry you. Then you can have his money. You'll be all set for the rest of your life. Sounds great, but... Ah uh, how will you get a rich guy to marry me?' "'I noticed a greedy gleam in her eye. "'If I had stopped her then... "'Well, it's all for the best. "'If I had stopped her then, I wouldn't have been anywhere near as rich as I am now. "'And she probably would have starved to death, the poor thing. "'So anyway, I said, "'I will cast a spell on you, so that single men will find you irresistible. "'At least while well, you're single as well. "'You know, so it doesn't cause problems of you cheating on your husband.' Oh and I suppose I'd better make you irresistible to your husband as well, so it doesn't cause problems of your husband cheating on you. And so I waved my wand a ding a poof and the spell was cast. For those of you who are wondering the difference between the Minawashkwati and the ding a ding a poof type spell casting, today's your lucky day. You see, the dinga ding a poof is simply pure magic. The Hokey Pokey is an ancient giant toodle ritual that concentrates or focuses your magic. At this time, I remembered the Hokey Pokey, that's why it's famous, but I didn't remember that it had anything to do with magic. But now I do, thanks to my daddy. Anyway, after I cast the spell on her, I left. She walked around for a while and was amazed to see that almost every young man she met was instantly attracted to her. She was in new to all the attention, and was a little uncomfortable with it at first. So she walked around with her head down. But still, the braver men would come up and ask her out for breakfast, or lunch, or dinner. Because of her almost constant dates, she had enough food to eat. But still, Shirley craved money. I'm not sure why, really. I suppose it was because she had never had any money before. So she wanted as much as she possibly could or something like that oh yeah that makes sense oh good anyway she still planned on marrying someone rich and preferably famous as well and kept her eye out for prospective husbands then one day as she was reading the Hutzpah chronicles on the front page she saw a brief announcement thingy i don't know what to call that it said the count drake dracule is holding a banquet at his castle in order to find himself a wife. Everyone is invited. The banquet will last from sundown on Thursday to sunup on Friday. Sir Beast, reporter for the Chutzpah Chronicles. Shirley had heard of Count Dracula before. He was a famous, not to mention rich actor, and had played vampires in various movies. To keep in character, he would only come to the set in the middle of the night. The movie companies put up with the Count's strange schedule, because, and only because, he was such a good actor. Shirley had seen some of his movies, and she had to agree. His fangs, they looked so real, and his accent was just wonderful. So she waited until Thursday night, and after getting herself ready, headed off to the banquet in her finest dress. One of her dates, in an effort to get a second date with her had brought her a present, and that, of course, was the dress. It was made of beautiful red satin, but the dress itself wasn't exactly beautiful, because it had what looked like bits of partially chewed food embroidered all over it. Anyway, Shirley headed off to the banquet. She arrived a bit late, as she had to walk because of her lack of money for transportation. So when she walked into the doorway, into the great hall... She was astonished by the loads of tables scattered around the room. And every single man there, accompanying the, their sisters or cousins or whatever, was astonished by Shirley. She wasn't exactly pretty, mind you, but my spell of making her irresistible to unmarried men was a marvellous piece of spell work, if I do say so myself. Which I do. The Count, too, was enraptured by her appearance. Ah, you is making nine hundred and seventeen suitors. What? You're keeping track? But, of course. Count, count, I love to count. Ha <laughs> ha Is you be joining the feast? Yes, of course. Uh, a be bringing a chair and some goody-goody yum-yums for our guest. oh uh, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Ex-General, dear, you worked for Count Dracula? "'Why, yes, I did. That was before I worked in the big fancy restaurant. "'You know, I had to get some experience somewhere. "'So why not do it in the castle of a famous movie star?' "'Whatever you say, dear. "'So anyway, the ex-general brought Shirley a chair and some goody-goody yum-yums, "'and she began eating. "'At one point she accidentally spilled some partially-chewed food on her dress, "'but it just blended right in with the embroidery. "'And then the count stood up to make a speech.' Ahem, ye! I beat my leap. Well, I have an announcement to make. If, please, all the suitors will be lining up against the wall, please. I is to be inspecting you. All 917 ladies in the hall got up and stood against the wall as the count asked. He then paced back and forth, occasionally making comments like, Ah, delicious. Wonderful. "'Very wonderful. "'Wah-ah-ah-ah!' <laughs> "'And then he stopped before Shirley and proclaimed, "'Here we have her. "'A diamond amidst all this coal. "'Lady, will you be my wife?' "'Yes, of course!' "'A portion of the wall across the hall folded up "'and slid out of sight to reveal an altar "'and a bishop person, complete with a Bible in hand. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together to today. Shirley and the Count were married, and lived happily ever after. But, of course, you know that's not true. Sure, they were happy enough for a while, and had two children named Hattif and Ollivander Alexander Lysander and all the rest, Et. Sure, the Count shared his money pretty much freely with Shirley, and he was always nice to her. But maybe it was the lure of the money, or the annoyance of him filling up 917 chamber pots every four days, or it could have even been his paltry grammar. But no matter the case, Shirley no longer wanted the Count to be living. So she hired an assassin to come and push him off a big cliff. She watched as the assassin darted up behind the Count and shoved him over the edge. He fell down, down, down. But as he was halfway down down, down, he morphed into a giant bat and flew away. Shirley was disappointed, and asked the assassin to try again, but this time poison him. The assassin was again unsuccessful. Because of Shirley's begging, he tried again, and again, and again, 917 times, but he wasn't successful. He apologized to Shirley, and then retired to become a flower gardener. Throughout this ordeal, she had come to realize that Count Drake actually was a vampire, So she sharpened a wooden stake and drove it through his heart. He turned to stone, and she set him up in front of the mansion. As you all know, Shirley married nine hundred and seventeen men I thought he was over a thousand. thousand. Oh no, dear. Sir Beast was wrong. She married nine hundred and seventeen. Oh, okay. Okay. So anyway, you all know the story. She married nine hundred and seventeen men and modified their wills so they left her large amounts of gold. Then, of course, they died mysteriously. In her own will, she gave me all her gold. Because, you see, she always remembered that I was the one to get her all that money in the first place. So, like I told Sir Beast, someone recently accidentally pulled the stake out of the Count, and he remembered Shirley's treachery, so he came to take revenge. So now Shirley is dead, and now I am rich. And because of the fire that made statues in my mansion recently... I have become even more rich, as I got to auction off 917 brilliantly fashioned abstract sculptures. Is it just me, or is the number 917 showing up an awful lot lately? Yes, you're right, dear. It could just be a coincidence. I wouldn't count on it. Hey, you know, know right, Scraved Rider? Tell us, is 917 a coincidence? Ah, sorry, I can't tell you. It's confidential probably breaches the strange fairy tale security act of 2007, right? Uh, no, that's when we're not allowed to tell our listeners what happens. This is the Scriptwriter's super huge secrecy act of 917. See? There it is again. 917. Hey, guys. Narrator, dear, is your laryngitis any better? Obviously not. But look, I just found this in my room. A small portal opened and this piece of paper came out. It says, The answer to the mystery of 917 shall be found in Egypt. There will be a scavenger hunt of sorts leading to a cryptic crypt in which a cryptic message shall be found. Decipher this message, and you will learn the secret of the mystery of 917. Good luck. Sincerely, Chris K. Manchefs. Sounds like we're off to Egypt then. Let me get my voice back first. All right, we can do that. Well, I'm excited. I'm not. All this conversation about crips is creepy. In any case, this will be continued in the next episode of Strange Fairy Tales. You may now clap.